Well, as we carry on today, I uh, just am so conscious of the scripture I preached from last week, uh, not really knowing that it would be so relevant. And so today we're going to spend a bit of time there. Uh, you may not remember it. That's okay. It's in Nehemiah chapter 4. But uh, just as we, as we start, we're, we're just talking around things. We've been talking around on earth as it is in heaven and how, how much more after this week that we have experienced uh, the trauma, the loss, uh, the damage, the lawlessness, the vandalism, uh, how much more, how much more on earth as it is in heaven. We spoke a little bit last week around how vision will get us inspired, but it's discipline that takes us there. And then uh, we spoke around actually that it's, it's the decisions that we make today that help us get to where we need to get to. It's the decisions today that determine our future. And so what we're going to be doing today is, uh, just as I've got before God, uh, my heart is, is also tender, uh, just as many of yours are through this week, trying to make sense of, of so many things. And I've just uh, buried myself in the scriptures. And so uh, I, 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 just taking what John the Baptist once said uh, when disciples were moving to Jesus, uh, he just said, actually, I must decrease and he must increase. And, and so today, just following on from that model, I'm going to allow my voice, uh, my thoughts, my opinions to decrease and really just for the scriptures to increase. And so we're going to, I'm going to present a lot of scripture today and I trust the spirit of God will uh, sit upon it, that it will minister to your souls. It will strengthen you, encourage you, help shape your thoughts, which will help shape your behavior. There is uh, an account in the scriptures of something which I can imagine is quite similar to what we were going through over this past week. And it's found in Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah. And there's a story of uh, Jerusalem, the city uh, of Israel, one of the cities of Israel, the capital city. And it has been destroyed. It's been looted. It's been burned. It's been pulled down. And Nehemiah has this desire to rebuild it. And, uh, and so we're going to go through Nehemiah chapter 4, a couple of the verses. And uh, it will, I think, we'll be able to relate uh, so much of what we've experienced this past week to uh, to the this moment uh, to, to, to what we see. So oh, there we go. Sorry. Vision will get us inspired. Uh, and remember that our future is determined by the decisions that we make today. Nehemiah chapter 4. This is a, a man called Sanballat, and he is, he's against Israel, he's against Nehemiah, he's against the people, kind of what we've experienced, those that have instigated uh, the rioting. And uh, this is what he says, can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble? burned as they are. Can they bring these stones back to life, burned as they are? And I think we ask ourselves the same question. Warehouses having been uh, raised to the ground. Uh, we've, we've got burned vehicles uh, on every front. Um, we've got all of these things taking place. Can we, can we trust that life can come from the stones, the rubble, the burning that's been taking place, that has taken place? This is a question. And so the first thing, just an answer, can they bring these stones back to life? I want to bring us something that I brought a little bit earlier in the week, and maybe you missed it, just a perspective for our peace. Uh, just what perspective brings us peace? And in John chapter 16, verse 33, it reads like this. It reads, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. 
And so just as we bring ourselves to perspective, to how do we bring peace, I've just highlighted here, in me, you may have peace. Friends, our peace is not in the fact that we have businesses. Our peace is not in the fact that we have income streams. Our peace is in Jesus Christ. And so just a perspective to bring to us today is this, that actually it was in the destruction of Jesus' body that new life came to us. And so at the very essence, at the core of the gospel, is death being raised to newness of life. And so even as we look around us and there has been death and there has been destruction, can we trust that in the gospel there is new life? The perspective that brings us peace is that there is an opportunity now to rebuild for a preferred future. There's an opportunity to say, actually, we don't stand for this, but something fundamentally has to change. Are we going to be those that just point fingers or are we going to be a part of bringing the solution? See, perspective is everything. Perspective brings us peace in me. In me, you may have peace. This did not catch Jesus off guard. You will have trouble in this day, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It was at the very core of the gospel. And I want to remind us, friends, that what has happened over this past week has been done by a minority, not a majority. There are far more that are for what is good and righteous than are, that are against. And so uh, just perspective to bring us peace. I'm aware that some of our businesses have been damaged, that some of your jobs may have been lost because of what's taken place, but our security and our peace is not in these things, but in Him. As we carry on in Nehemiah chapter 4, we read in verse 5, and this is what Nehemiah says, Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight. For they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. And I think there are many of us that are probably praying prayers similar to that. Uh, do not let their guilt uh, get away from them. Do not let it out of your sight. But I want to say that the gospel, the gospel changes all of that, friends. And so our response is not Nehemiah 4 verse 5. This is pre-Jesus. We live post-Jesus. And we read in Luke chapter 23 verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. I am so aware that at this time, this is, can be a very hard scripture to read. But I want to remind us that at that point in time, when Jesus said that, he was on the cross being crucified, his body being destroyed, being emptied of its earthly life. At that moment, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We have to allow the scriptures to inform our decisions. If we want true peace, we have to allow the scriptures to lead us to that. And so our response is not, uh, don't cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight for they've thrown insults. They have thrown insults and there has been that, but Jesus came to come into, to bring us a different, uh, a different way of doing things. And so secondly, I just want to speak around how do we position our prayer at this time? How do we position our prayer? Psalm 7 verse 9 says this, bring to an end the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. Make the righteous secure. You, the righteous God who probes minds and hearts. 
Friends, as we position our prayer, I want to just call us to remembering that we pray in line with Jesus. Forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. We can pray for salvation to come to all of those that have caused damage. Uh, this is something of a, how can we build at this time? How can we position ourselves for peace? How can we do these things? And, and, and just as we pray, remember that many in our community, even you watching now, you, you're living in Kwamashu, in Phoenix, in Cornubia, in Amawati, which have been real hotspots of what's been taking place. And many of us are sitting in our homes in Durban North and Glen Ashley and Alusia uh, and uh, Mount Edgecombe, and, and we haven't necessarily experienced to the same degree what others in our community have experienced. Can we position our prayers rightly? Can we pray for forgiveness? Uh, can, we, uh, can we pray for an end to the violence and making the righteous secure? You see, Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew chapter 6, 9 to 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think by now you're getting that. We've been talking about that for a long time. But it goes on. Give us this day our daily bread, this day. Friends, I want to encourage you that at this point in time, how do we position ourselves? Is Let's not hoard food when there are so many that don't have food. We can trust God that this day we have food. How can you help others at this point in time? Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so uh, I just want to help us with that. But, but actually, the third point is really my main point for today, really just to try and help us process this, allow the scriptures uh, to speak to us. And so we carry on in Nehemiah chapter 4. And uh, Nehemiah encourages his people. And so we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half of its height, for the people worked with all their heart. I want to encourage us to be a people working with all our heart. And I'm going to look at a few things, a few ways in how we can do that. And then in verse, 13, in verse 14, it says, After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. This is what I preached last week. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And so just very briefly, I'm just going to take 30 seconds to go over it. Firstly, don't be afraid. We looked at this last week. Exposure and vulnerability are necessary for forward movement. Secondly, remember the Lord. Remembering helps us not forget. Uh, we've got to recall. We've got to keep recalling what God has done for us, for our community, for the people of Israel, for the nations of the earth over time. It realigns us and encourages us. And then lastly, fight for others' futures. And this statement, it doesn't matter how much you do, but rather how much what you do matters. And so this third point is where I want to just spend a, uh, the bulk of our time as we look at scriptures and just this picture of a preferred future. I love the scripture in Zechariah 3 verse 8 where he says, Listen, high priest Joshua, you and your associates seated before you, who are men symbolic of things to come, I'm going to bring my servant the branch. And so we know that the servant, the branch, was Jesus Christ who fundamentally changes everything for us. But men and women, symbolic of things to come, symbolic of things to come. 
And so we're going to go and look at, well, who are we symbolic of? What, what does that look like? And Isaiah chapter 61 gives us such a perfect uh, representation of who Jesus is. And therefore, if we are symbolic of the branch, if we are symbolic of the one that was to come, uh, Jesus Christ, then this is what it should look like. This is what should inform our response in these coming days. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 says this. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Good news to the poor. How do we do that at this point in time? How do we bring good news to the poor? Jax uh, yesterday uh, was a part of a cleanup crew and uh, she said there were a whole bunch of people that were getting sweaty and dirty, sweeping the streets, cleaning up the streets. And then there was a man there who had evangelist uh, written across his chest and he was busy talking to the people and calling them to repentance and doing all of this. Hey, friends, we've got to understand the seasons how do we bring good news to the poor right now? We get our hands dirty and clean up the streets. We, uh, we, we don't hoard food when we can share and we can trust God for food for today as others are trusting God for food for today. It's not the time to proclaim repentance uh, necessarily to those that are trying to help. Understand the seasons at this point in time. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Friends, what does that look like at this point in time? I'm so aware that there are many who are held captive by fear right now. Captive by fear. We want to set you free. We want to help be part of releasing you from your captivity. So you have to let us know, friends. You have to let us know. So please get hold of us on info at anthem.org.za. Phone the church office. Just get hold of friends. Get hold of your life group leaders. Get hold of people that can help you. But likewise, as we keep turning to Jesus, as we keep uh, re relying upon him so we can start to minister the gospel, so we can be symbolic of things to come, so we can set captives free. Why don't you get hold of people you know may be susceptible to fear at this point of time and encourage them and point them to the scriptures and lead them to Jesus that the destruction of his life brought us new life, that our security is not in what we traditionally put it in, but rather it is in Jesus and the fact that he has overcome the trouble of this world. Uh, to release from darkness for the prisoners. There are many that are held in darkness of depression. And even now, anxiety and depression increases through the events of what's taking place. We can help release people from this darkness. And so can you be that? Can you be symbolic of Jesus Christ? Can you be the one that points people to the ultimate one who is able to set people free? Moves on to Isaiah 61 verse 2, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn. Friends, there are people who have lost businesses at this point in time, who have lost jobs at this point in time. And I'm conscious that there are some people who are saying, well, Jeepers, I, I can't get my usual food supply. Uh, you've got food in your house, but you don't have your usual food supply when there are people that have lost something far more than what you have lost. Can we bring perspective, which brings peace, and position our prayer so that we can have a picture of a preferred future? We're part of being symbolic of things to come. Can we think of others more than ourselves at this time. Those that are mourning the loss of something. We, we, we've heard of guys 25 years been building their businesses and in one night goes up in flames, gone. 
25 years, the number of jobs that that means, the number of families that now have no income for food. Can we think just beyond ourselves? Can we allow the gospel, can we allow the word of God to minister to us, to speak to us? And then also, all of us have lost something at this time. We've lost social cohesion. We've, we've lost, well, actually, we're, we're gaining that now in the cleanup. But let's go two days back. We've lost something of social cohesion. We've, we've, we've got to mourn, friends. We're allowed to mourn. We're allowed to mourn. But God will comfort all who do mourn. Goes on in verse 3, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. To provide for those who grieve. How can you provide? What's in your hands, friends? We, we think we, uh, we may have a little in our hands until we actually speak out beyond our own family environment until we learn actually what others are busy grieving, what they've lost, how little they've got in their hands. And so I want to encourage us to provide for those who grieve. Uh, to, to speak beauty. Beauty, uh, we, we learned during this COVID period, is, is an anecdote to trauma. Beauty helps us deal with trauma. So how can we speak of beauty? How can we help do something beautiful for someone who is buried in the ashes? The oil of joy instead of mourning. How can we be that joy instead of mourning? And how can we help people turn to praise instead of a spirit of despair? I want to encourage us that what we've seen over the last little while is we've seen airplanes coming in from Joburg and Pretoria through church partnerships who are bringing food in. Uh, we're seeing generous men and women here within our own community chartering planes to bring in food so that we're able to distribute and have. We're seeing that. We, I got a phone call yesterday uh, for churches, a, a church in Cape Town wanting to send trucks up of food to, to help with the distribution efforts. And so there are people that are acting on Isaiah chapter 61 being symbolic of things to come as they send trucks, as they send planes, as they do these things. What's in our hands, friends? Moves on. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. And this is my last point for us for today, just that they will rebuild, they will restore, they will renew the ruined cities. This is what Jesus does for us, and this is what we get to be a part of, rebuilding, restoring, renewing. This is what symbolic of things to come looks like, friends. I'm so acutely aware that society now is, is trying to find its center point, its anchor point. It's trying to find who we are, what are we about uh, there's been this rising up against lawlessness and anarchy. And it's not split along, along racial lines. It's split along good and evil lines. And so this is not racial battles as some have tried to make it. It's not even political battles, even if it started there. This is about good and evil, friends. It's against principalities and powers. And what the gospel says, symbolic of things to come, is we get to be a part of restoring, renewing, rebuilding. Will you rise up to be a part of of that story. And so how are we to be a part of rebuilding and restoring and renewing? What does it look like? Just three very brief, quick things. One, it looks like this. If you're in need of help, let someone know. Call for help. 
call for help. There is a community ready, mobilized, wanting to help, wanting to equip you and encourage you and help you to become part of the army that can then move on to help others. And so call for help. Number two, get involved whether that's financially, and we have a number of sources for that. So you're able to give into Anthem. So besides our tithes and our offerings, just at this point in time, if you want to give over and above so that we can buy food as Anthem and distribute amongst our Anthem community, if you want to do that through the Domino Foundation, which goes beyond our Anthem community, and so particularly with Mandela Day and what is is happening tomorrow with the bucket drive, uh, you can be a part. There are avenues to get involved financially. Get involved physically. There's a cleanup taking place 12 o'clock today we're meeting down there at the point come and be a part of that Uh, look for opportunities to be part of restoring and rebuilding mentally how are we going to apply our minds to helping people who have lost businesses to reinvent to repurpose to rebuild their businesses maybe it's it's an opportunity because it looks different the world is different now with covid maybe there's an opportunity to help guys pivot at this point in time can we apply our minds to just beyond our own needs and to helping at this so get involved so call for help get involved and then number three and i don't know if this is most importantly but it is certainly really high up there speak life not ruin I've just uh, on all the community forums and and the chat groups and even amongst some of us within the Anthem community I, I get that we get tired I get that there can be despair and there is loss but actually we are those we are those that have been given life because Jesus has life was laid down for us and so we get to speak life symbolic of things to come not ruin can you watch your language at this time and not only watch it can you renew your minds can you allow scriptures to inform how we are to think and how we are to move forward at this time and so speak life not ruin at this time call for help get involved and speak life Friends, I am convinced that out of this, as one of the songs that uh, we sing from time to time, is that it's, it's, uh, we can have beauty out of the ashes. Beauty out of the ashes. This is where we are. There are ashes in this city. But by renewing, by restoring, by rebuilding, by being symbolic of things to come, by being gospel carriers, we get to be a part of this incredible story. And so we can have perspective for peace. It's in Jesus Christ that our peace rests. Positioning our prayer, we can pray for an end to the violence and for the righteous to be secure. And thirdly, a picture of a preferred future. Will you be part of building it and being symbolic of things to come? And so friends, we close with Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. Can we live a life worthy of the calling you have received? I want to thank you for engaging and uh, we're going to go into a time of communion and so just as we're doing a live service here and so just as we have a transition moment uh, maybe you can get your communion elements we're just going to be a few seconds as John and Nick's come in to lead this communion moment and so uh, Anthem I want to thank you for allowing the scriptures to encourage you to inform your thinking and your behavior and uh, We continue to pray for you. Reach out for help if you need. And let's get involved in speaking life and not ruin at this time.